All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing is nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. Greetings, listeners. Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays to whatever you celebrate out there. We are very excited to be with you this week. Uh, We we have a rare Don sighting. He is now on set. He's here. We are are recording uh, this episode, which happens to be our 12th episode of Bull Bear Radio now. 12, man. 12 is a powerful number. Let's get it it going. It very much so is. So, hey, look, we're going to do a little, like, uh, walk back down uh, memory lane here. We're going to talk a little bit about... Um, you know, Q2 in terms of uh, state by state GDP. And uh, that just came in. <laughs> it was a little, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, well, you know, government data, gift year. Government data tends to lag a bit. So we just got it in. And it's some interesting uh, numbers here. I mean, uh, Q1, it looked really dismal. The, the states of California, New York, really, really soft, just break even almost. Things are picking up. And uh, so, you know, state by state GDP, 49 of 50 states actually saw an increase in GDP. And uh, 39 states had growth of two plus percent. You know, that's the best performance so far in this recovery. California went from, like I said, kind of eh, really bad to... Uh, 2.1% in Q2. So really positive trends here, Don. What do you think so far about, uh, you know, these Q2 numbers? Do you think that persists into Q3? Absolutely. I think the state's uh, GDP for Q3 are going to look a lot like the earnings and revenue growth rates for uh, Q3. So let, which let's are talk really about that for a second. Which have been surprisingly Q- strong. Q2 was 11-11. Uh, geez, we're doing a radio show. I should really learn how to talk sometime. But 11 S&P 500 sectors, which includes REITs, were positive in Q2. Uh, so 11 of 11. This time we're seeing with all companies now reporting, our earnings season has uh, officially ended. We see 8 of 11 s- sectors are actually positive. Hey, listen, we were looking Jeez, just, man. just a week or two ago. Wow. We were looking for uh, five out of eleven slap to be myself here. A five little bit. out of eleven. Who? Wake up. What sectors came back to give us a positive number that were expected to be negative? Well, it looked like uh, you know industrials and consumer discretionary uh, earnings growth for industrials was 027 percent. So it came back from the brink of negativity to uh, positivity and consumer discretionary at a lot of companies last time we talked about this still yet to report up 1.81 percent according to Bloomberg with all companies reporting now so they they were hovering in negative territory for quite a while industrials went back positive and then the big one hanging out there was really uh, consumer discretionary last time we uh, we sat down on set here and we were talking about it Hey, man, so what, what were the three sectors that gave us the goose egg for this quarter in terms of negative uh, growth rates? Utilities, telecom services, 
And uh, financials, looks like. Financials? Boy, I tell you, you know, financial stocks have been all over the map for the last quarter. And actually, and financials was the worst performing, if I'm reading this correctly. For down 8.8% for the quarter on earnings. Yeah. So, what we got here, though, is we got stocks, financial stocks. You know, they keep trying to make a comeback to trying to get some uh, real positive growth on, on the uh, pricing side. They have a little trouble because earnings haven't been so good. Do you think that financial stocks, we continue to have this recovery, Don, you know, and GDP keeps growing. Do you think uh, financial stocks start to perk back up in the next couple of quarters? Or do you think this is this low interest rate environment is really uh, strangling the life out of banks, so to speak? Well, one of the sectors that's supposed to have the biggest comeback for Q4 is the financial sector. They're forecasting right now a 12.5% earnings growth rate for Q4. That's not According to FactSet, that's what they're expecting. Analysts that's, are expecting That's pretty that. cool. Now, the how only, about, about sectors-wise? Are, are they forecasting uh, positive growth uh, for, for most of the sectors? Is as, this uh, As a matter of fact, they're, they're forecasting 11 out of 11 sectors. Okay, so again, so strong back, growth. We, go yeah. back to, we get back to 11 out of 11. So, you know, fourth quarter is really looking and like... And this is the forecast fact yep. sets put forth. So yep. this could be this could be very good if that transpires. I wonder what's going to uh, add to that. Uh, there's been a little volatility recently, so one would think trading revenue should be picking back up. Also on the horizon, potentially four interest rate hikes by the Fed next year. That should increase some of that uh, bond trading activity yet once again, you would think, right? Well, you know, so trading revenues maybe will, will, will if be, interest uh, rates if interest rates come up, right? Margins for banks should get better. Ah, yes, margins yes, yes, for yes, banks for sure, should get better. For sure, when you're in a really low interest rate environment, there isn't much margin. You know, people aren't putting a lot of money in. Uh, Do you think that'll account? hurt housing though? At the same time, it could. It definitely could, and it could hurt the the revenue that the big banks have on the mortgages. You know, you know, the big banks are the mortgage lenders. Yes, you know, along with Freddie. And, Fan and Fannie. But let's take a look. Let's break down what this forecast looks like for yeah, the top four sectors. Well, you know, first, let's, energy. Let's, let's talk about where the markets are. We're very close to all-time highs. This fact set report was interesting. The four 12-month PE right now for the markets at 18. The five-year average is 15.8. And uh, the 10-year average is 14. So we have a really high PE at the moment. High prices, High PE multiple, that's the despite the hey, growth in earnings. Hey, listen, right? that's the forward PE, 18.3, on these huge earning expectations. So in that 18, as they're baking in these huge earnings expectations for Q4, if earnings expectations aren't as high as expected, then 18.3 is a low ball in terms of what the uh, earnings uh uh, P.E. ratio actually is. Yeah. And we know that the trailing P.E. ratio is around 24-25. So this 18 that they keep talking about is fiction. Earnings haven't been high enough to overcome that trailing much more overvalued, according to some economists and analysts, the most overvalued market yeah, in history. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you pop open the Barrens, you know, over the weekend and you have a trailing 12 month PE multiple of 25. So that's actually what companies have done. It's actually above 25. It's like 25 and a half almost. But so that's really so 18, also historically 18, high. So. 18's a forecast and pretty much a fiction, because when we look at the trailing number, 
you know, we get this 25 number. The gap between them is a big gap. You're talking about seven or eight uh, points. Uh, points, you know, which is a huge number historically. So the markets are a little pricey. Um, but, hey, you know, I'm liking uh, this the, the expected yeah, you were talking about energy. Rate. Energy, you know, in Q2 saw huge growth in the underlying numbers state by state. Actually, uh, mining increased across the board by 28.6%. So the huge beneficiaries, North Dakota, Wyoming, Texas, and all the other states that have, you know, oil drilling or some derivation of some sort of mining, right? Right. So, so they were the leading talk about They were energy. the leading the states, leader. right? They're the leading the, state economies. Yep are the ones that are uh, heavy energy producers. Yeah, North Dakota, Q2, GDP, 8.3%. Q, man, that's big. Whoa, that, whoa. Whoa, North Dakota, who? Yeah, who? yeah. what are they doing up there, man? Uh, gets a, they got all that shale, man. Yeah, and they're pumping some oil out of the they oil do. sands, dude. You know, the, U, the U.S. Done. is becoming the, the uh, largest exporter, uh, biggest oil producer. You know, they're going to... Uh, you know, we're making well, a yeah, move Yeah, one here. of them. We're making a little bit of a move. We're making a move. It's good for us. Well, oil prices have stabilized to a level where you actually can make money doing that stuff. So You know, we've got, we've got oil prices pretty high, but that's the uh, oil prices are up because the uh, GDP growth rate in the U.S. is up. GDP growth around the world is up modestly. You know, so we have a coordinated global growth recovery. Um, I think that outside the U.S. it's pretty modest. But, you know, the U.S.'s performance – Put post in a 3.3 number for Q3 and probably a higher number, maybe a number that has a four handle on it for Q4 GDP growth. Wow. That's what I'm looking at. You four think handle. so? Four. four well, the, the projections are coming in uh, well above three at the moment that I've seen. So I'm thinking four, we get to a four, four may handle. not be uh, outrageous, um, <laughs> but, you know, wow. I'm okay. telling you, four handle. So um, that's before we get tax. So let's talk about what. what before what, we get tax policy, tax increases, I can tell you one thing. What do you really think is going to lead that growth? What's what's going to drive the growth to a, to a four handle in Q4? Consumer spending. Four for four. Consumer spending. Consumer spending. Well, we did have Business a fantastic holiday season spending. so far, yes. Right? So the thing that people don't realize is the businesses. You know, Trump is getting maligned, in, and he doesn't help himself. But the fact is that since the election, the tone of business in America has been much better than before the election. The economy has been rolling at a three-plus number. Pretty much. I mean, we had 1.4 at the beginning of this year. So it takes a little while for the economy to get the election effect, which happened in Q4 last year. So Q1's a little soft. And then we get to Q2. It's a three-handle, right, 3.1. We get to Q3 in the face of a potential offset because of massive hurricane damage. We get a 3.3. We so this quarter could be huge. I think this quarter is going to yeah, be a we got some hand. momentum here. I really do. And, you know, this is surprising to me because I did not think so. But the tone of business in America is, is really much better. And the way I can tell that, because we pay attention to the components of GDP, is that Q3 business investment, business spending, it has been off the charts strong. And I think it continues in Q4. I mean, a huge huge number so corporate america is spending and investing in their business for the first time in a really long time like a decade 
Yeah, a little bit after the 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 recession and and uh, you know in two thousand nine and maybe a well, little you know, into early ten, but after that it was like abysmal for well, no, you know, it's a it, long time. It's actually averaged a pretty good number, about six percent, a little bit above the normal GDP growth rate. But in the last couple of quarters, businesses have just put the pedal to the metal and are spending money. And that's one of the big drivers of uh, GDP growth. You know, the consumers hung in there. They haven't been that strong. The big influence on these bigger GDP numbers has been businesses. Well, the uh, consumer's spend. been pretty strong. I mean, uh, record household debt, man. They're, they're doing what they can. They are. And, but, Holy you know, moly. They're, they're, they're not spending... And the spending, consumer needs a bailout right yeah, now. They do. Their spending Jeez. power has been constrained. Holy they continue moly. to hang in there. Yeah. You know, consumer confidence has been off the charts. Off the charts. Uh, wow. Uh, we, we've got a technical uh, issue here. Don, Don's lost a mic. Whoops. Oh, now he's back. He's back. We, we, we got him back here. So, gosh, the things that happen on Bull Bear Radio, you, you, you would be surprised. There's a lot that goes into these things, man. You need, like, microphones, equipment, recorders. And it's all good, all kinds man. We're of good back. Stuff. We're back. So. so, hey, you know, things are, things are strong. Uh, earnings are strong. So GDP what's going to lead the way? You were saying the consumer, you think, is going to be uh, continue, c- continued optimism, continued spending there. Banks are going to have a little bit of resurgence. You're thinking industrials, uh, will they perk up? Not so much. Material sector is really Ma- strong, right? Right. Pretty much across the board. When you get uh, GDP growth, you know, starting Well, you're thinking up, energy. I'm sorry. Energy. Uh, besides energy, you've yes. got all of the other metal sectors the steel sector, everything on the materials side, chemicals, they're going to be influenced in a positive way. The number two sector in terms of year-over-year growth rate, according to this FactSet report, is going to be almost 30% expected growth in earnings this quarter coming in Q4 over last year's fourth quarter. That's a brilliant number big how about time. how about information technology everybody likes to talk about those fang stocks you think hey so you know if if you're if you're thinking about where the value is and isn't right yeah well growth has been winning the street fight so to speak growth but, you know in the tech you know growth and momentum the technology sector unbelievably hot stocks are up the pe multiples are off the charts high Materials, not so much. So you're saying I got a thirty so potential growth rate in earnings on materials. I'd be hunting for some stocks in the material sector that haven't moved so much yet. So, so this is a big opportunity. So you're saying you you kind of want to be a little active with the security selection here if you have the opportunity to do so in in the new year here. Hey, we're seeing it already. We are seeing a a a change in the momentum and the leadership in the markets, the growth and momentum trade hasn't been as strong as recently, the, as right. the value trade, right. Right? right? For the last quarter, value has been catching up. You know, uh, and we know that because we Well, you got, take a look at a couple of the products that we have that are really deep value-oriented, right? So, and so, and so, uh, yeah. so that would be indicative of value starting to trump, so to speak, uh, growth, correct? Absolutely. And so we, if the capital goes to value, if it rotates from growth to value, which it typically does in a late-stage bull market rally where the the value equation, right, valuation on these stocks just start not to make so much sense. Now, the number three sector in terms of um, uh, 
earnings performance year over year is still supposed to be infotech. You got a, almost a 15% growth rate, but half the growth rate of materials and really dramatically under uh, what energy is supposed to be at 120% year over year. Right. Right. So I mean, so I would be looking a little bit to rotate some of my names or, you know, look for products like uh, WBIY. If last time I looked, we had about a 12 PE on that thing. Across the whole, it's about close. So you know, you know you if take, you're looking for an you active take a little equivalent, risk that's, off, that's a little risk off from that perspective, by just using your 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 uh, common sense and looking for a little bit better value play. Yes. So, what's an active equivalent? That's a smart beta product, correct? Right. So we have we have a multi-factor smart beta. So active there. security selection and rebalancing. If you want on some risk management, basis. we have a. Uh, <laughs> You know, where the value has been out of favor for the entire year, right? The value index is, I think, uh, the uh, low, Russell, low double digits. Russell Large Not impressive. Double yes. digit, maybe around 13% or so. But, you know, if you have good security selection, you're looking at this, which we do. We, when I say low double digits, we're talking low teens, guys. Yeah, low teens. But we have uh, WBIG, which has, you know, the same kind of value bias, dividend stock. Right. Not as quite high yield, but we have fantastic have had fantastic performance. You know, we've got um, up in know, the low 20s or so year to date. Right. Yeah, uh, Up in the low 20s. And which you is know, over which is outperforming value and pretty close to the S&P. Right. Yeah. We've not only outperformed value dramatically, but we've outperformed the S&P. Um, so, you know, you got to take a look at some of these things. One of the keys is I think that the market runs a little hot here for a while. I think we could have a really big move by the Fed because they're going to be afraid of the growth rate that we're going to post in Q4 and how hot the market is going to look, stock market's going to look, based on um, the tax policy getting passed and what that portends in terms of potential growth. And they may start hiking rates a lot faster, more frequently, and at a higher jump rate than what they have been. They've been only increasing at 25 basis point clip. We had a couple this year. You know, if we look at four next year or more, the Fed could drive us right from faster growth into a recession. So the uh, recession, that, that didn't sound good. So what you're saying is probably a real strong finish to the year is if you thread the last couple of episodes here together, we'll have a strong finish to the year, powerful Santa Claus rally, most likely. We'll have a continued, you know, uh, good growth, you know, from a GDP perspective. Matt, but you're saying next year is when the Grinch comes and steals all our Christmas presents, right? In yeah, terms of the, I, the, the Fed steps in here and just starts raising rates pretty quickly, faster than what people would expect. And that's going to start to tamp down on GDP growth. Is that about the right? Uh, Fed Chairman Yellen, think Grinch, is going to tamp down a little bit. Well, she's not she's not in, oh, in yeah, charge man. anymore, Dude, man. She's she's gonna, she's in charge till February. She's going to hike rates on Wednesday. We're going to get at least a 25 basis point red height, rate hike. Yeah, but how about the next guy, man? Next year, you're Powell. saying that he's going to go he's going to go nuts. Oh no. I don't think he goes nuts, but you know oh. the Fed All Fed right. chairman isn't the only one who makes a decision. I think that the whole Fed, including chairman, the new chairman coming in, Powell, and the might, other other new appointees too, yeah, there are a couple might, of those. Might look to tamp down 
the expected growth rate in wages and inflation, the economy's going to look like it's all of a sudden heating up compared to where we've been. So then they're going to have to cool it down. They're going to have to throw that icy cold bath of water on the on the whole thing, right? Hey, you know, and and if the bond market actually believes the Fed is going to raise rates and believes that they we actually have the chance for wage and price pressure inflation in the system which could be possible with the growth rates we're talking about yep. then the bond market is in trouble and when do you think that starts to unravel i think maybe in the second half june july we're going to see some second real half pressure. of next year yeah and you know right. it, the bond bond vigilantes make it convinced that we actually do have some inflation uh, potential in this system if we start to get four plus percent uh, GDP growth rate, we're going to see some inflation. There's no doubt about it. And we're going to have a scarcity, certainly, of employable um, Americans, and wages are going to go up. Sure, it won't it won't happen overnight, but wages are going to go up. Okay. Well, hey, you know, that's actually they're also talking about an infrastructure bill. You know, not anything huge, but they're going to follow along the tax plan with an infrastructure bill. And if the infrastructure bill follows and we get a boost from both, you can bet the economy is going to start to run hot. I think it's great. We've been starving for growth for a really long time. The only way we actually heal the worldwide economy, the U.S. economy, and the financial system is to get more growth, more revenue, pay down the debt, get banks healthier, get the consumer healthier, and this thing could could roll for a while. Well, and if, if we get a recession and we get a market correction from really overvalued uh, ranges, you got to expect that. The thing that we think is important is to use something you know like our active uh, ETF products that have risk mitigation, so we can participate while the market's running hot and take the risk off. Go to cash. Start to increase the amount of cash that we have in the portfolio if the markets get in trouble. Yeah, well, you were talking about worldwide growth, and the opportunity is definitely there. I was just reading an article this morning that, you know, Saudi Arabia, which has banned, you know, movies for uh, three decades almost, is going to open up by next year another 2,000 screens. They're going to open up 300 movie theaters, 2,000 screens to folks who have not been watching movies since the 1980s. So that just goes to show you the opportunity there for growth in so many of these emerging markets over the next you know few years. And, and that's growth that we can tap into as well. So it's, well, it's know, pretty exciting when you t think about global you know growth. Um, and the opportunity there really to have an economy, you know, zoom and heal, you know, over the next few years. One of the things that people don't realize is the dynamic shift in capital that happened over the last 20 or 30 years to the uh, oil producing uh, countries. Those countries that had tremendous cash flow uh, from everyone else in the world consuming their oil, they've got these huge capital balances. And they got some pretty smart people making capital allocation decisions and broadening and deepening the diversification of their economies by investing in businesses worldwide, not only the U.S., but around the world. And these folks are playing on a whole different field than we are. I think that they're making some really smart choices about diversifying uh, their economy. You know, the United Arab, Arab Emirates, as an example, which, you know, have some uh, problems with uh, other Middle Eastern countries, have about 35% or so of their, their cash flow 
um, for the kingdom is coming from energy. It used to be 100%. As five years ago, it was 70%. So they've diversified their their cash flow from the economic standpoint, from a structural standpoint, tremendously. And they're going to continue to do that. Not that oil won't be, uh, and, and natural gas and those things won't be important to them, but they're going to try to get it down to probably about 20% of their uh, to overall economy. Sure. And, and there's uh, just so much opportunity there. So, uh, you know, hey, that's Bull Bear Radio for, uh, I, I'm, we're thinking, we're thinking maybe here for, you know, 2017. So, but but Don and I really want to come back at you, you know, hard to finish the year here with a couple more episodes. But you we're know, gonna see, we're gonna see if Santa Claus gets his sleigh full of earnings and dividends right here, or is the Grinch gonna come in and steal all of Santa's presents? Yeah, so next time on Bull Bear Radio, I guess we'll find out whether Santa's got uh, dividends in his sleigh or or not. So, uh, all right, well, that's Bull Bear Radio, and thanks for listening. This is this is it for today. No two two segments here, just one segment, one one beautiful uh, segment to feast your ears on. So have a have a a very happy holiday season from all of us here at uh, Bull Bear Radio. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. We want to hear from you. Submit your questions for Matt and Don to be discussed in future podcasts to Radio at WBIinvestments.com. Performance data quoted in this podcast is as of November 30th, 2017. WBIG, incepted on August 25th, 2014, has an expense ratio of 1.04%. As of September 30th, 2017, WBIG's NAV was 21% for one year and negative 0.52% since inception. WBIG's market price was 20.78% for one year and negative 0.58% since inception. WBIY was incepted on December 19th, 2016 and has an expense ratio of 0.70%. As of September 30th, 2017, WBIY's NAV was 3.16% year-to-date and 1.71% since inception. WBIY's market price was 3.19% for year-to-date and 1.76% since inception. Returns are average annualized total returns, except those for periods of less than one year, which are cumulative. The performance data quoted represents past performance and is not a guarantee of future results. Investment return and principal value of investment will fluctuate so that an investor's shares, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than their original cost. Current performance may be lower or higher than the performance data quoted. For the most recent month and performance, please visit WBIShares.com. An investment in the fund is subject to risk, including the possible loss of principal. The funds may invest in foreign and emerging market securities, which carry additional risks in investing in the United States, such as currency fluctuation, economic or financial instability, and lack of timely or reliable financial information or unfavorable political or legal developments. The funds are subject to model risk. The investment process includes the use of proprietary models and analysis, which rely on third-party data and, if inaccurate, could adversely affect the fund performance. The funds may invest in REITs and will be subject to the risks associated with the direct ownership of real estate and annual compliance with tax files applicable to REITs. Risks commonly associated with direct ownership of real estate include fluctuations in the value of underlying properties, defaults by borrowers or tenants, changes in interest rates, and risk related to general local economic conditions. Funds may invest in exchange-traded funds, ETFs, mutual funds, and exchange-traded notes, ETNs, which will subject the funds to additional expenses of each ETF, mutual fund, or ETN, and risk of owning the underlying securities held by each. Options and securities may be subject to greater fluctuations in value than an investment in the underlying securities. Master limited partnership risk entails risks such as fluctuations in energy prices, decrease in supply of or demand for energy commodities.
In addition, the funds are subject to market risk, management risk, dividend risk, growth risk, value risk, debt, security risk, high yield security risk, small and medium company risk, portfolio turnover risk, securities business risk, mortgage-backed securities risk, and trading price risk. New ETFs may also be subject to new fund risk in that it has no operating history and that its strategy may not be viable over time. There are risks specific to WBIY. The fund invests in high-yielding stocks, which are often speculative, high-risk investments. These companies can be paying out more than they can support and may reduce their dividends or stop paying dividends at any time, which could have a material adverse effect on the stock price of these companies and the fund's performance. The fund is not actively managed, and the sub-advisor does not attempt to take defensive positions in the declining markets. Unlike many investment companies, the fund does not utilize an investing strategy that seeks returns in excess of its underlying index. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risk, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. For prospectus and summary prospectus containing this and other information about the funds, please visit our website at wbishares.com or call 1-800-772-5810. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor.